It's Friday, March the 17th, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Gordon Darach, contributing editor and fashion editor, it says here, at Dutch News, and with me today is Molly Quell, another contributing editor and Twitter warrior at Dutch News. Our other co-host, Paul Peters, a master's student in civil engineering and Dutch election participant, isn't with us today because he's uh, got a severe case of election fever, I think. In fact, um, I think the PVDR faction is currently in the healthiest state and he is at the moment. Yeah, Paul is, uh, Paul is very sick. He feels pretty terrible. Yeah, but uh, he is on Twitter, you've seen. He is yeah. on Twitter. He did just send me a WhatsApp and ask me to bring him some juice, so I think I'll be doing that after we're done here. So did you survive the, uh, the election? Quarter? Just about, yes. I was out and about a lot on the streets of The Hague uh, during election day uh, and uh, doing some uh, frantic typing, but uh, no, I've managed to come out of it in one piece. Awesome. Yeah, very and how good. about you? Very good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Feeling, uh, I was a little little tired uh, yesterday morning because we were up a bit late last uh, on Wednesday night, but other mm-hmm. than that, it uh, came out pretty well. So Our top story this week, obviously, is the election, um, but before we get into that and uh, a discussion of uh, what it all means and uh, how the Dutch are going to spend the next couple of months forming a government, uh, we're going to look at some uh, animal stories. So as Gordon said, uh, our top story this week is, of course, the election and the election results. Uh, Prime Minister Mark Rutte's right-leaning VVD party lost eight seats, but remains the largest party with 33 seats. Gert Wilder's anti-Islam party gained five seats and is now the second largest faction in the lower house. Also notable, the PVDA, the Dutch Labour Party, lost a whopping 29 seats, while Jesse Klaver's Groen Links gained 10. Turnout was high, surpassing 80%, and we are going to talk about what the election results mean and possible coalition options in the discussion. But it wasn't all election news this week. Uh, in Feenendel, a businessman has been ordered to retrieve 280 goldfish to be released into a canal in a misguided bid to make it more appealing. Hans van Manen has been given a month to fish the pets out of the Brouwersgracht, otherwise the council will do it themselves and send him the bill. Van Manen got together with a group of local entrepreneurs to improve the canal when it was opened last year. But a group called the Platform Stop Invasiva Exoda said the fish were a threat to native species such as Crucian carp. The Netherlands Enterprise Agency agreed and gave Van Manen until April the 8th to fish the goldfish back out of the canal. Does he have to fish them all out himself like with a little net? I think uh, I saw pictures of him uh, last week yeah, and he had a little net so, so he was going, going through the canal he was standing knee deep in the... Is the Gemeente uh, going to come by and count to see if he gets all 280? <laughs> what if a few have uh, I don't know, met an unfortunate demise <laughs> or possibly worse, uh, decided to get cosy with each other in the canal and have produced more goldfish? Well that's the thing you know, how many goldfish is he actually going to need to retrieve and uh, how is he going to account for them as well? He's going to have to be down like here I think uh, stocking up on goldfish bowl. In other animal news, the pandas are coming. Two Chinese pandas destined for the Auhans Deerim Park in Rainen will arrive on April 12th after a 16-year campaign by the zoo to bring them. The pandas will initially be held in quarantine, so you won't be able to see them just yet. The zoo is hoping that Wu Wen, which means beautiful, powerful cloud, and Zing Ya, which means elegant star, might even produce some baby pandas. Mm, it should be nice, although uh, if you judge by the experience of pandas in other Western zoos, uh, it might be another 16 years before we actually see the baby pandas. Yes, that is correct. Uh, I remember when they brought uh, the pandas to the Washington DC zoo and the zookeepers uh, had to show panda porn in an attempt to get <laughs> the pandas to procreate, which they ultimately did. I was impressed with the names as well. I like the, uh, the beautiful, powerful cloud and yes. elegant style. Very much new age pandas. Yeah, very seems. new age yeah. pandas. They're yeah. probably they're lighting a lot of incense and Indeed. doing a lot of meditation. I well, think. well, they've got plenty of uh, options uh, here in, uh, in in the Netherlands. Yes, so absolutely. That's why they were brought. Yeah, perhaps they're g- good fit. Yeah. Well, that's the wrap-up of all the animal news. Uh, after this word from our sponsors, we'll be discussing the outcome of Wednesday's election. Here in Holland is a new podcast for internationals living in the Netherlands. 
It is a twice-weekly podcast which focuses on the stories of internationals and expats. The podcast covers topics from manners to chance encounters, and they interview the Dutch and non-Dutch alike to get their insights, advice and stories, ranging from the funny to the sad. Here in Holland is currently creating an entirely crowdsourced podcast and welcomes your submissions. You can send your stories via WhatsApp. Find more information on their website, www.hereinholland.com. The podcast is available in iTunes and other podcasting apps. If you are interested in reaching an international audience with your product or service, you can email to podcast at dutchnews.nl for our competitive advertising rates. So, Gordon, Wilders is on Twitter saying that this was a win for him. He did pick up seats, but is it a win? Yeah, he, he did uh, win five seats, uh, so he went up from 15 to 20, and he finished in the second place, which he hasn't done before, so he's claiming that as a win. But I think if you look over the whole course of the campaign the last couple of months, you'll see that the big trend in the opinion polls was that Kit Wilders was, was heading downwards, yeah. and he, he's been the front runner for almost uninterrupted for over a year. Uh, it looked as if even two weeks before the election, he was either going to finish ahead of Rutter or running very, very close, and thereby he would have claimed a moral victory, even though he had no chance of becoming prime minister. He He's been a real thorn in the side of Rutter as he tried to put a government together. Right. He's now definitely in a much weaker position because Rutter has finished way clear of him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's 13 seats ahead, even though uh, the, the PVD have lost seats. There's a clear gap now that weakens uh, Wilders. And Wilders ended up really just salvaging second place. He only finished just ahead of the uh, Christian Democrats and uh, Deza and Zestif. Yeah, they're both uh, with 19. And yeah. the sort of ongoing joke has been whether or not all the foreign press is going to come here <laughs> to uh, interview Buma and Pechtold, right? Who, exactly. Who have now basically taken the same amount of seats. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see those long profiles of Sibam uh, Buma somehow. Actually, I hope not, because they're going to be really tedious. <laughs> yeah, really boring. <laughs> Who else were the winners and losers? So, Hrunlings picked up... Tw- 10 seats, right? Which is a really good showing for uh, Jesse Klaver. Yeah, in numerical terms, Hoonlinks were definitely the big winners. I mean, they went from four seats. They'd had a catastrophic election last time out, so they were down to four seats. That's low for them. But they're now up to uh, a record. They never had as many seats as 14 before, and then they've never been in government before either, so we'll talk about that shortly. Hoonlinks um, were the big winners, and then among the minor parties, obviously, CDR and D66, they each uh, did gain seats. They got, I think, CDR won uh, by six, um, and D66 up by about seven so that's that's respectable but not spectacular um and uh, certainly and among the smaller parties mariana team of the party for animals is definitely worth a mention she's, she's on five seats now she had two before she founded that party 13 years ago and has gradually uh, built up a solid base and she's now level on seats with the christian uni so that's pretty respectable um you also have one small party got in which is a thierry baudet's form for democracy right. this is one of the three parties that came out of the ukraine referendum right. last year and he's got two seats yeah that, that's kind of a surprise i was expecting of the sort of small right-wing parties that maybe Fanel with a Jan Ross and two city MPs might get in, but they got nothing. Other losers, obvious big loser, the mm. PVDA, the Dutch Labour Party, is down a whopping 29 seats. Yeah, yeah. enormous, uh, yeah, massive, yeah, devastating loss for the PVDA. And you could see it coming in the opinion polls, but it, seemed, it was even worse than I think most projections. They were looking at maybe 12, 13 seats, and they've ended up with nine. And that means some real heavy hitters now uh, might be missing out on a seat in Parliament, like Liliana Plumen, yeah, who is tenth on the list yeah yeah, yeah so unless so. she gets preference votes uh, which we'll discuss later yeah <laughs> she, she's not going to get into parliament yeah, yeah so that's a real uh, real blow for them looking at the numbers kind of overall parliament sort of shift to the left did it shift to the right i think if you look across the spectrum obviously individually the, the big winner was uh, Hun links going up four to 14 but when you look across the whole spectrum of parliament it's definitely you'd have to say it's a shift to the right yeah. because uh, talk about generally three parties on the right which are the fepd and the the Pepefe bill 
Labour's and the Christian Democrats. They got, I think, uh, 69 seats between them, uh, whereas the, the parties on the left, which is Labour, the Socialist Party, and Twin Links, got 39. That balance, which has usually been fairly even, usually yeah. slightly slanted to the right, is definitely you know, tipped rightwards. Right. Yeah. So the question that is on everyone's lips, what's the coalition going to be? So predict for us, Gordon. Yeah, the old coalition builder. It's. Uh, yeah. it, I think, first of all, it's going to take a long time. Yeah. You know, the, the last coalition, it was pretty obvious uh, after the result of the last election that it was going to be two parties, PVD and uh, Labour Party. There wasn't any alternative. Here, it's going to be at least four parties in the coalition. So that's going to take a lot, yeah, it's going to take a lot of uh, piecing together, cobbling together is right. a phrase a lot of sort of international media are using. Guthrie is, is, is going to uh, almost certainly be Prime Minister again. There isn't really an alternative to him because he's so far ahead of the others. It looks as if he's going to form a kind of the core of the coalition will be Rutter, the FPD, with the Christian Democrats and D66. Can't really see how either of those two parties could be left out of the coalition process. Right. And that brings you up to 71 seats. You need 76 for a majority. Yeah. And then uh, he's got a difficult decision to make, I think, because uh, ideologically he's preferred to have, I think, the Christian Union on board. Right. They, they've been in a government before with the CDA and uh, the FIFA Day. Uh, they've got five seats. That takes you right on just over the line, 76. But a coalition of four parties that's only got a majority of one is not very stable. Right. And then he's got to think the, the alternative scenario is to bring in Hun Link. But of course, that means that Ruta's got to stretch further. I mean, that, that, that's then bringing a party that is, that is on the left. Yeah. Um, so he's got more ground to cover uh, to agree a coalition uh, deal uh, with Hulis. Because obviously, bear in mind that the whole point, purpose of this exercise now is they have to put together a coalition agreement, which is the, the document that basically is the program for government. Right. Um, and that's going to be carved up between the manifestos of the four parties. Yeah. If he brings in a left wing party, he's going to have to concede more ground right. to get his government together. But the bonuses or the advantage that he has is he'll then have uh, 85 MPs in his coalition which gives him a majority of 20 yeah. and that's a much more stable um, coalition long term. So both of these coalitions also give them a majority in the upper house which is, is good for sort of being able to move legislation through so that is a, a positive. For yeah that. exactly. That was a big issue with the last government because they didn't have majority in the Senate right. and then they had to sort of do little um, stitch and mend coalition deals with, with small opposition parties to get them through the Senate so they want a majority in both houses. Coalition with the Christian Union again just has the tiniest of um, margins in the upper house. It has 38 seats, yeah. which is a majority of one again. Yeah. Um, with Who Links, uh, I think from memory, uh, they'd, have a, they'd have 39. Yeah, so, so it's slightly, little, more. slightly yeah. more. This is a, a pretty okay win for the Baby Day, right? I mean, mm. Mark Rota did come out to uh, his favorite song, Uptown Funk, <laughs> and has sort of been celebrating this uh, as a win, even though they did lose seats. Yeah. So what what was it, do you think, that, that, that gave this election and this sense to the Baby Day? Yeah, I think uh, there was a few things. Over, over the longer term, there was the fact that Kit Wilders didn't really come out and fight during the campaign. He spent most of it uh, on, on Twitter. You know, tweeting tro- from the couch. <laughs> tweeting from the couch, as Rota said in the debate. Yeah. Yeah, his absence I think meant that it was a much more moderate and uh, kind of reasonable campaign than we might otherwise have had and uh, that maybe I think played to Rutter's strengths and in the short term of course we had the the big row with Turkey in the last weekend of the campaign and that I think uh, definitely had an impact and what a lot of people assumed during while that was going on was it would help Rutter and Wilders but it seems to have really helped Rutter an awful lot more he got the chance really to look to be the statesman to look like the prime minister you know there are all kinds of complicated reasons why Wilders has been popped I think one is that uh, people like the fact that they see a politician who is firm and decisive and Rutter got to do that in the row with Turkey so he took a very strong line you know, whether you d- agree with it or not saying that Turkish ministers couldn't come here and did things like 
you know, stop the plane landing. I saw a survey after the election that said about a third of people who ended up voting for the Faith A Day said that his handling of that situation influenced their vote. And also it's the fact that the economic picture has been getting better over the last year or two. Right, uh, and that's the, always beneficial for the incumbent is that, that always helps the party that's in government, yeah. That's for the smaller parties. I mean, this is always, uh, we only ended up with 13 parties in Parliament. Mm-hmm. Um, they, people were sort of thinking that there may be as many as 16, which would be crazy. So what about some of the smaller parties? So Denk, the spin-off of the Pevideya, that's run by a couple of members of Parliament of Turkish descent, uh, did okay. They picked up uh, two seats, three seats? They got three seats. Three seats, think, right? Yeah, yeah Denk got three seats, and uh, they were definitely one of the breakthroughs in, in, in the election that uh, they got three seats, and yeah. seemingly with a very strong vote for voters of Turkish and Moroccan origin. Yeah, unsurprisingly. Um, yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. And they, they very much targeted that yeah. um, electorate, and you can see in the most the, their biggest, strongest showings are in the cities. In Amsterdam, they almost caught Labour. Yeah. Bear in mind that Labour ran Amsterdam City Council for 70 years, yeah. and now they're down in fifth place, just ahead of Dink. Right. Yeah. It's not been good for Labour, as we discussed. It's also not been good for uh, Jan Rose's Van L party, which got no. zero seats, and also Sivana Silman's uh, Article Ain also uh, has no seats. Yeah, she didn't make it, and uh, the Pirate Party didn't make it either. Yes, the Pirate yeah, Party yeah. also. But 5 Plus, uh, so Hank Kroll's little helicopter stroll about the country <laughs> may have improved his situation. They picked up two. They had a little fly around the helicopter, although for a lot of the campaign, it looked as if they were going to get maybe eight, nine seats yeah. or something, but he didn't have a... He had a very mixed campaign. He yeah. had a real crash sort of halfway through. Yes. We, we, not we, a literal uh, helicopter we, crash. Sorry, yes, yes, I should explain that since, since uh, Hank Kroll's been in a helicopter this week. Yeah, he had a little sort of um, yeah, difficulty with uh, some statistics, and but he seemed to recover from that in debates and he's ended up with four seats which is twice as many as he had before he said he was very happy um so yes and uh, and then there's uh, the forum for democracy uh, Thierry Baudet. Thierry Baudet, yeah. yes. Uh, he's picked up two, right? Two seats. Two yeah. seats, yeah. yeah. So what does all this mean for the uh, coalition forming process? Where do we go from here? This is super complicated. <laughs> I think uh, e- even you and I were, were chatting before the podcast going, uh, we're not yeah. 100% sure even <laughs> we understand this. The first thing that happens, obviously, is um, that the government stays in office. Right. That's the first thing. But they are now what's called uh, demissionaire, demissionary, okay. which means that although they are still running the ministries, they're still you know uh, taking in the taxes, the government still keeps going yeah. they don't actually have any kind of uh, mandate to put a policy platform through right. so all they can do is just sort of uh, you know keep things ticking over yeah. so they have a much more restricted power until a new government takes office that can put a coalition agreement in place so and then yes yeah, so you say you have Edith Schippers who has been appointed by the Faye Day there's their informateur because she's a senior politician she's not going back into parliament yeah. uh, so although she, she remains a minister until there is a new government and her job now is uh, basically to coordinate the Faye Day's uh, part in the, um, in the negotiation process and the other parties haven't, haven't appointed informateurs because her first task now will be to decide which parties um, the Faye Day want to talk to first doing negotiations without any intervention from the king these negotiations how long are they going to take you had a tweet today <laughs> uh, uh, doing a poll right where you were you were asking about June, July, or August, so we're going to be in the midst of this for a while. It's going to take a while, yeah. I mean, typically, even the last coalition building process, which was quite swift, uh, took, I think, over 50 days. Uh, in the past, it has gone on for, I think, four months is, is possibly the record. It could easily be that this time. It's, um, yeah, I put that poll up saying, suggesting it might be June, July, or August. Uh, well, so given that we're, we're into mid-March now and right. there's lots of holidays in April, I don't see it happening in, in May, certainly. Sometimes with, uh, in with so many parties to negotiate with, of course, this really increases the amount of time that it will probably like take to do that. Of course, it all happens behind closed doors as yes. well. That's the other thing. And Ruta is notoriously tight-lipped. <laughs> there are some uh, really excellent uh, video footage of him sort of 
coming out from the negotiations to be swarmed by reporters to just get on his bike and sort of say, do yeah. bike off. So uh, There were no leaks at all from the last round, yeah, yeah. although it was, it was easy to manage things. Right, there were two, two, two parties. What he might have this time is, um, is that parties might go into coalition talks for a bit and then drop out again. Right. So you might get some kind of indication from them right. how things are going. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what you do see, certainly on the news, in the news, stand by to see lots of footage of ministers jumping on and off bicycles and not talking to anybody right. on, on their way into the office. Right, being very tight-lipped. <laughs> yeah. we, there is this sort of a complicated remainder seats thing that we are <laughs> going to get into just very, very briefly because it's yeah. quite uh, quite complicated. So perhaps you can explain to our listeners what a rest zetel <laughs> is and how you get a rest zetel. Yeah, the rest zetel. So what happens is because it's a, it's a proportional system... The Electoral Council, who, by the way, published the official result of the election on Tuesday, right. uh, and they divide the entire vote across the whole country by 150. But then what that leaves uh, is that there's a certain amount of votes that don't count. Because, for example, say you need, it looks like now you need maybe 65,000 votes for one seat. Right. Say you actually end up with 150,000. Well, that gives you two seats, but that's 130,000 votes. You've got 20,000 votes left over. And when you actually add up, add up the total amount of leftover votes, across 13 parties, plus all the parties that got votes but didn't actually get seats, that you find that the number of seats that have been handed out doesn't add up to 150. There's a few rest settles, remainder seats. Right. Last time it was, I think, I think there were four. This time it looks as if there might be not so many, might be one or two. But there's then a very complicated mathematical process which I won't describe because I don't even understand it myself. And it can sometimes throw up a few surprising uh, results. And the other thing is that the parties can form pacts right. to combine their rest settles, which means that as a group they get a better chance of getting a remainder seat but then it's not always clear which party gets the seat because last time Kuhn-Links and Labour were, were in a, a pact I think together with the Socialists as well and that group got a seat but uh, it went to Kuhn-Links so Kuhn-Links got a seat at the expense of the Labour Party right. so it doesn't always work in your favour yeah so it's an interesting uh, system um, any fun uh, anecdotes from the elections? <laughs> uh, there was porn I heard that there was porn there, I mean, there was a polling station somewhere in Overijssel I think uh, yeah. where somebody thought it would be a good laugh to um, briefly show a clip from a porn film during while people were voting fascinating um, yes indeed but this popped up on the screen around about the time that uh, an elderly man was casting his vote so then there was a picture going all over Twitter of this uh, this pensioner um, yeah. putting his vote in the ballot, ballot box and um, yeah stuff going on behind right <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so that was uh, that was, uh, that was an interesting, uh, interesting little story. Yeah. My uh, my big bugaboo has been the uh, foreign coverage, which has been bloody terrible, frankly. <laughs> so there's been a lot of discussion about this on Twitter. So namely that there's been a lot of uh, foreign journalists who have sort of flown in just for the election, mostly to talk about builders. Their coverage has been complete and total crap. Um, <laughs> I've been very angry at some headlines. I think you have as well. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I've been part of the foreign media coverage as well, so I, I can't. Yes, although you are. <laughs> <laughs> and speak Dutch, which is slightly different, right, than, than what some of these other... I mean, I think the U.S. coverage has been uh, been really bad, frankly. Yeah, there's been a lot of... Uh, I think um, a lot of the coverage has been more concerned with what's going on uh, domestically in, in, in those countries right. than the actual picture in the Netherlands. And certainly it was all about Wilders before the election. Yeah. And he saw some very strange things, like a lot of talk about that he's a newcomer. He's not. He's been around for 10 years. Right. Uh, that he was rising when, in fact, his trend in the polls was, uh, was downwards for the whole campaign. And in the UK media, which I was watching, obviously, um, but um, the, the, there was uh, 
lot of talk about um, Brexit, obviously, right. because there's been this whole thing. The phrase you kept hearing was domino effect. You yeah. know, was the Netherlands going to fall the same way as uh, the Brexit vote and Donald Trump? It was pretty clear uh, if you're watching the domestic campaign that wasn't going to happen. The British media seem to think that the European Union next it, you know, whether um, the Netherlands wants to stay in the EU was, was a big issue in the campaign. You hardly heard about it. In fact, one of the TV debates raised the issue of Europe and not one of the uh, eight participants mentioned Brexit once. There was literally more of a discussion about whether or not the dental care should be included in the basic insurance package than there was about the about leaving the EU. I mean, this yeah. is just, Wilders does discuss it, but other than that, no one is interested. And when you sort of look at the, the polling data of people in the Netherlands, the Dutch people are not interested really in leaving the EU. So, I mean, mm. there's just, this has been a non-issue, essentially. There's also a quite a few bits of misunderstanding i think in the uh, in the foreign press about like you you don't elect a prime minister here so i've, mm. I've seen a lot of headlines saying prime minister Makarota was re-elected when that's not yeah. the case i mean obviously it's it's very highly highly likely that he will continue mm. in his role as prime minister mm-hmm. but that is not a guarantee like other things can happen during the coalition process so absolutely yeah and then there were lots of uh, i think lots of pieces in the uh, u.s media that uh, talked about uh, Wilders being kind of dutch trump wasn't yeah it? that's the other thing yeah if anything it's the other way around right like trump <laughs> the American builders but in a lot of the US media this has sort of been addressed as like oh the right leading and whatever but there's no there's been very little context uh, made available to the fact that the baby day here is right leaning but mm. in the US would would almost be a left leaning party frankly I think uh, the shift to the right reflects um, obviously the discussion on immigration which right. is a big part of the election campaign and also the fact that we're now going to get um, probably a clutch of parties in the government that uh, as a group are more kind of pro free market than right. maybe the, than, than the Labour Party yeah. uh, although the Labour Party were involved with quite a lot in the reforms of the welfare state from the last four years, you know, which took away uh, you know a certain amount of the safety net that's uh, been a feature of Dutch um, political life since the war. Right. As part of this process, of course, Rutte did a quote unquote resign, right, as, as mm-hmm. the coalition, and this coalition was the first one in a very long time that made their full four years, right? That there was yeah. no government that fell apart. Why is it that they lasted so long? Yeah, I think that mainly because it was a two-party coalition that's always easy to hold together with right. two parties and uh, also I think because uh, Diedrich Samsom who was Labour leader for most of that time until um, he lost his uh, leadership election to uh, us at the end of last year was able to um, get the Labour Party behind most of the, the main things that uh, the Faithful Day wants to do which, which the Labour Party then paid a terrible price for right. in, the, in the election yeah. but that was why the coalition was able to hold together I think the relationship between Rutte and Samsom uh, was quite strong. It's going to be much harder this time I think for any government that takes office to last a full four years because if you have four parties in the coalition there's always a danger that one party will pull out uh, obviously last time that wasn't attractive for the Labour Party to pull out because they could see that they were going to lose heavily you right. know, when the election came round and generally speaking you know Rutter's got it comes back to Rutter's got this very uh, delicate decision to make now whether he goes with a small majority with the Christian Uni or whether he goes for a bigger majority but a much more uh, difficult coalition process with Groen Links and if uh, he does go for the latter one that's then a difficult decision for Jesse Klaver does he go into that um, coalition because what you see in the past is that when voters get fed up with the government it's the junior partners in the coalition that gets tend to get hit hardest right. as happened to Deus and Sestrich in the past also to the Faithful Day themselves and they absolutely crash at the next election and of course that's what happened to Labour Right, mm-hmm. does Klaver want to risk having to pay that price exactly. or is it good yeah. for them to, uh, to have a seat at the table sort of? Well that's the thing Got to, they got to weigh up very much. You know, that, um, they, they've done very well in this election. They're among the winners. They're on a rising course. But if after a year or two in government, uh, if voters aren't satisfied with um, you know with the part they're playing, uh, they can really get hit hard. Right. 
Well, that brings us to the end this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We'll include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes, and you can send your comments, compliments and abuse by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. My thanks to Molly Quell and best wishes to Paul Peters. I'm Gordon Derrick, and we'll be back next week.